Welcome back to episode number 14 of Conti and Nick. I'm Will Nicholson. As always, I have with me Gino and Conti. And uh, we got a special episode for you guys today because, man, were we wrong. Yeah. So <laughs> this is being recorded after the video. Okay. It's, it is a little dysfunctional. It is a little unorthodox. But we figured why not try something new? Why not switch it up? Rather than seeing how right we were or how accurate we were, we wanted to release this video about a week or two later just to see how wrong we were. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's a little bonus episode for you guys, too. We were in a weird spot doing our first show to the bench. We didn't want to just throw two shows at you guys. So this is a little bit of a, a bonus. Uh, yeah, and, and hope you all enjoy. Uh, first off, real, uh, before we get started, I want to give a uh, quick shout out to uh, my man, my coworker, Terrence Adderley. He's the one who got us that uh, hook up for the Bob Sosi interview. Uh, really grateful for him. And um, if you ever are interested in like some photography or whatever, uh, I'd hit him up on Instagram. Terrence Adderley Photography is his uh, handle. So yeah, definitely. He's a great guy, like a great man, a hard worker. So definitely uh, give him a shout, give him a buzz if you're ever into that. Alrighty, so uh, yeah, like Gino said, it's gonna be the the same kind of format as our first ever episode, where we're gonna go pick by pick and kind of compare and contrast. So uh, we'll get right into it here with the the first overall pick, the Detroit Pistons. I have them taking Cade Cunningham. I think this is pretty much a slam dunk right now with uh, with Cade. I really don't think the Pistons are going to do anything else. Uh, and this is this is how the NBA draft kind of goes, right? The first like two ish three picks are kind of like okay, you know what's gonna happen, but uh, I'll, I'll get into the other picks later. But I do think that you know there are players in this draft who could be better than than Cade Cunningham. But yeah, for now, uh, number one, Cade Cunningham to the Pistons. Okay, so yes, I also have Cade Cunningham. So first of all, this man can do it all. He's a six foot eight point guard. He can shoot. He can play off ball. He can create shots for himself. He can create shots for others. I mean, this man is a very very well rounded. I mean, I would say similar to Lamelo Ball, except maybe a little bit less floor generalship. Yeah. I'd say just a bit more. I mean, he needs to be a bit more athletic. I think because he does yes. play a little bit of old man ball sometimes. But I mean, I think if you, it is a, definitely a no brainer. I think Cade Cunningham, Isaiah Stewart, and Sadiq Bay. They had, like, the Pistons last year had three first-round picks. They picked Hayes, Stewart, and Sadiq Bey. They hit on two of those first-round picks. And obviously, if you take Cade Cunningham here, and you may have, a like, a very solid young core for the future. And honestly, do you think that leads them to the playoffs? Um, on, In the East, I mean, it's possible. The East is kind of wide open right now as yeah. far as uh, it goes. We got some random team. That, like, if the Wizards can w make it, I mean. Yeah. I guess, yeah. But, I mean, listen, I definitely think that – if Cade Cunningham is everything he's made out to be, Sadiq yes. Bey continues his development. He'd have to ball out. He'd have to absolutely ball well, out. Well, no, think about the it. They have they had Jeremy Grant, who played close to an all-star level last year, too. That's and true. and they had Mason Plumlee, who is a sol rock-solid starting center. Okay, um, real quick, too. Have you heard about the Cleveland like Cleveland Cavaliers trying to like push up aggressively for this pick to get Cade Cunningham? I, I've heard a little bit of it, but I, I honestly I don't think it's gonna happen. Not because I don't think that Cleveland wouldn't do it. I don't think Detroit does this at all. I mean, when you have a chance to get someone who is probably the best scorer in the draft, I think you stay safe and you you take Cade Cunningham and you just kind of ride that wave. So, do you think all the talk of them saying, "Ooh, we're not sold" or "We're not exactly sure," you think that's a smoke show? Yeah, no, right? 100%. okay, hundred percent. All right, yeah, I definitely it's, think it's Mac Jones smoke show two point oh. Oh my god, that was disgusting. <laughs> I'm glad we ended up with him. But... <laughs> yeah, that's it. Um, 
So for the the second pick, or yeah, the second pick, I have Houston taking Jalen Green. I think this is another slam dunk as far as the draft boards go. But I actually think that Jalen Green could be the best player in this draft, like by a landslide. Like you have a guy who he he's gonna do, and he has done his own thing. He's done. He's gone his own way. He didn't want to go to college, so he plays for the G League. Much respect for that. Men. Much respect to that. There were so many questions with Jalen Green going into the G League. People said he wasn't a playmaker. His shooting was a little bit suspect. And he goes out, he improves his shooting. His playmaking still needs improvement, but it's definitely gotten better. But, you know, the only other concern I would have with Jalen Green is his shot selection. Sometimes he does a little too much with the ball. But I think the NBA will maybe get that out of him because he shot great off of a catch and shoot in the G League. So Jalen Green is my sleeper. He's got such a high vertical athletic kid uh, and was a great playmaker, or an improved playmaker, I should say, in the, the G League. I think Houston's getting a great player here to pair with Christian Wood and Kevin Porter. Uh, absolutely. So Christian Wood was a huge signing for them. They got him for real, real cheap. Especially Kevin Porter too. They didn't sign him, but they got a second round pick because uh, for him. I'm sorry, they traded away a second round pick because he had character concerns. That man was pulling up about 20 to 30 a game on when he was hot, and he dropped 50 in one game, dude. Like, think about. I'm not saying that's like a, a lethal trio right now, but if Jalen Green is everything they make him out to be, Kevin Porter continues to play the way he did towards the uh, downstretch last year. This is looking good. Christian Wood stays healthy. Well, like, I think that's something for the future. Like, I could be, think that could be a big three, man. I really do be. because, like, really I, be. I'm really honestly sold on Kevin Porter Jr. Uh, and I'm not easily sold on players. You know that. Like, yeah. I'm sold on him. I am I, I really do like Jalen Green. And I don't know if I said it, but, yes, they're going to pick Jalen Green in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I, I wouldn't say I am completely 100% sold on Jalen Green. But I do think at the, he could make – he could be, a, like, an all-star caliber player. Yes. And you know what? If that's that – and they have Christian Wood, who also can be an all-star. If they have three all-stars, man, I mean, down the road, I wouldn't say now, but I'd say two to three years from now, I think they could be dangerous, man. Yeah, as far as Jalen Green goes, his ceiling is, like, to the sky, man. Like, if he develops, he easily has, like, the highest ceiling that we've seen from a draft pick in a long time. But he does have a lot of concerns, so we're going to have to see how that plays out. Uh, number three, the Cleveland Cavaliers. For the love of God, don't fumble this one, please. Why, do you have some deep loving connection with the Cleveland Cavaliers? <laughs> no, just the, they you keep on some... taking guards, man, and there's a great center sitting right there for them who would be probably the number one pick last year or two years ago. He's great, great center. Over, over Ant-Man and LaMelo? Maybe not over Ant-Man, but, I mean, he would have been up there. Yeah. And you have him sitting right there. Evan Mobley, please just take him. I know there's a little bit of a rumor that they like Jalen Suggs, and they might take Jalen Suggs, and they might move like Darius Garland. I wouldn't move Garland. I, I wouldn't move Garland either. But it it would be such a Cleveland Cavalier thing if they if they take Jalen Suggs because of the big name, and they try and move like Garland. I really hope they don't do that, and I don't think they'll do that, but it's still in the back of my head that they might. But, uh, yeah, number three, I have Cleveland taking Evan Mobley. Great big man, kind of what you want out of a modern-day center. Shot the ball pretty well. You know, we're going to have to see if that translates in the NBA, but he's he's a good prospect, and I think that Cleveland gets a really good player at three. So I also have them taking Evan Mobley here. The one thing about him, he's not, he's not like, strong enough. 
he he definitely needs to hit the weight room over the summer. Well, For it sure. is the summer, but he definitely needs to hit the weight room now. He definitely needs to work on like just lifting weights because when he gets to the NBA, I know it's not a paint game anymore, but big men are big men. Okay, you try to back someone down who isn't PJ Tucker, man. They're, <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna give you a bruising, man. You're cruising for a bruising. I I honestly think that Evan Mobley, if he does not do that, yes, he is the prototypical NBA guy. But you're switching from playing against kids to playing against men, so you got to remember that, okay. But with all that being said, that's really my major criticism of him. Okay, this man shot 58% from the field. So essentially, I mean, if you round it up 2%, every 10 times this man shot. He made six of them, which is crazy efficiency, okay? And like you said, he definitely improved his three-point ball, okay? I think if you get uh, Colin Sexton out of here because, I mean, his main criticism coming out of Alabama was he was too much of a ball hog. He took up too many shots and tried to be the hero and play hero ball, okay? If you get uh, if you get him out of here, get some pretty good compensation for him, and like maybe whether it be through future draft picks or maybe some good role players to surround your team, What's wrong with Darius Garland at the point guard? Uh, Isaac Okoro, a number six overall pick last year, who was a very big energizer on offense and defense, someone who I really like and, and like his upside in his future, and Evan Mobley. Okay, what's wrong with that? I, I, I know I'm like saying, oh, this potential trio, or this, yeah. like, the last two times or the last three times now, but I, I think it's true. I mean, I really think in the next couple of years, or maybe sooner than we think, if you get Colin Sexton out of here to kind of reduce the locker room drama, I think that's something that you could really be, like, looking forward to. See, the the thing with Cleveland is that I, th- I think that their backcourt can, wor- can work, right? I like Colin Sexton. With, I like with Sexton Darius and Garland? Garland. I do, yeah, okay. I think they can work, but they need they don't need they don't need another guard, sorry. And I think that they need a big man that, you know, isn't Tristan Thompson or, or Kevin Love in there. And yeah. I think that Evan Mobley, I mean, that fits in with, with the young core. Now you have a young center who can develop with, with those two guards. And I mean this this is the right pick, right? Evan Mobley is the oh, right sure. pick here. But I'm very scared that Cleveland takes Jalen Suggs. And you have this weird like point guard or guard trio and I mean I, I think that's just a weird fit. Listen, take a take Evan a look Mobley. at the Suns back in two thousand and fourteen. When they had IT, Bloodsoe, and Goran Dragic. It didn't work. Yeah, it's it's fun to watch, okay? Yeah. But uh, in terms of serious contention, no, they didn't work. Okay, so that trio of point guards, especially, trying to move somebody who's a natural point over to the two, it doesn't work. Like you said, it, it doesn't work, and I'm not going to harp on it too much. Real quick before we move on, here's like a, it's a little off topic from the draft, but... Uh, Jared Allen was traded to the Cleveland Cavaliers, and I think that over the course of his career... He has proven to be a pretty solid center, right? Like a pretty solid, like a guy who can start and gives you some quality minutes. If you're Boston, do you trade for him if they take Mobley? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, look, Boston does need some more centers. It's it's possible. I, I don't I don't hate Jared Allen, but like, am I trading a first rounder to get him? I mean, probably I think not. It, I think it be could be interesting, man. It it could be interesting. Have a nice shot blocker, but yeah. I mean, that's just such a weird guy to like go and get. <laughs> Like, but hey, but listen, again. I don't think Jared Allen is somebody who is really deserved to be benched. Okay, like yeah. I mean, I think he's. I'm not saying he's an absolute like superstar or some stud player, but I think he's proven himself and he's earned the opportunity and the right to be a starting center on an NBA team. And you know what? Like I don't know how much of like a personality Jared Allen is. I don't know if he'll be like fine with it and be a team player. But I wouldn't put him through that. Okay, I I really don't think he deserves that because that kind of lessens his efficiency that kind of lessens his value because he's someone when you give him minutes 
when you give him starter minutes, he's good. When you give him reduced minutes, he might not look as good. Yeah. Well, you you know you could also have Evan Mobley be on the bench, right? Like he's, you he's, could. You he's could. not like a, a must start day one type of guy, right? Like he could come on the bench, and his game I think still needs a little bit of adjustment to the NBA. Like I said earlier, hit the weight room. Yeah, exactly. The weight room. His three ball was good in college, but we don't know how well that's going to be. He looked kind of clumsy at times. I don't know how much you saw of Evan Mobley, but sometimes he looked a bit clumsy and like he's trying to do too much but i'm you know so maybe you can come off the bench and get a little more polish but yeah i mean jared allen is a great center he might end up starting there but cleveland is in a good situation if they take evan mobley either way yeah for sure because then they have the point guard the small forward and the center they have the one the three and the five with players who can potentially be like not maybe not all-star maybe all-star but close to it above average does that make sense Yeah. yeah and then if you have an above average core then that attracts some big-time free agents because you know that they're, they're just one piece away, you know? Yeah. So, Cleveland, please don't fumble this one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, at number four, I have Toronto taking Jalen Suggs. He's the best available player at this point. Played great in March Madness. Uh, you know, really good playmaker, shot creator. Uh, I, his defense was pretty good, too. So, I think Jalen Suggs will fit really good in Toronto. I know you were saying you don't maybe want him in Toronto in the in the sports group chat, but... Did I yeah. say that? Did you? I don't think so. Those. No, no, I said I don't that want Ben Simmons. I said I don't okay, want right. I don't want my Ben bad, Simmons in Toronto, but we we've already made a whole episode on that. <laughs> so you know what? Enough. <laughs> we'll leave Ben Simmons out of it this yeah. time. We'll but yeah, we'll... four Jalen Suggs. Okay, so I think that Jalen Suggs, first of all, is a day one ready player. Okay, like I really like his fit on Toronto because unfortunately, like I love Kyle Lowry. Unfortunately, I don't know where he's gonna go, maybe the Lakers, but I think he's not gonna be in the Toronto Raptors uniform next season. Okay, and if you take uh, Kyle Lowry out of the equation, yeah, he's getting older, and but he can still perform. Okay, you're essentially just bringing some new life and new energy through that system because this man is an aggressor. This guy goes after it. He is a great, great locker room presence, along with being clutch, having the clutch gene, people that like, you, like a great personnel that you want to gravitate towards. Does that make sense? Like he has every single intangible that you want. He needs to improve his three-point shot, but that's something that can be taught. Okay, because he can pass right to Van Vliet. He can pass to uh, Aaron Baines. He can pass to uh, Siakam. His, uh, Chris, his playmaking was amazing yeah, in college, Yeah, his playmaking is good. So while he's working on his three-point shot, like hitting the gym, doing whatever he's got to do, he can facilitate. So that's someone who is very, very well-rounded and somebody who honestly I think could be a face of a franchise one day because I really, I really like Terrell Terrell Suggs, uh, <laughs> uh, Jalen Suggs. <laughs> I, I think him with Toronto, uh, I think that's just a glove and fit at this point. And, I mean, and when he gets tired, you, they drafted uh, Malachi Flynn last year in the first round late. He showed some promise towards the end, proved to be a good, uh, decent shooter and facilitator also. So I think, honestly, because Boucher developed as well. You know Chris Boucher? I do know you, have, you heard of him? So yeah. they have, honestly, they have the one, the two, uh, maybe the three needs some work, okay? Uh, and then the four with Siakam, and then five with, uh, what's his name? Oh, no, Ananobi's good. So, yeah, Ananobi, so yeah. they have a, sol- a really solid starting yeah. five if this, they take uh, Jalen Suggs. This I think, puts Toronto back in playoff contention. Oh, for, without a for doubt. Sure. I mean, it all depends, in my opinion, on Nick Nurse, whether or not he can keep his emotions in check. Because when I say like someone who can keep their emotions in check, there's a good way and there's a bad way to be like that. And last year, I think Nick Nurse really proved that that was a bad way. If he can get his shit together and get his personality like in check, I think that Toronto is going to be golden next year. 
I agree. I think. I mean, this is a pretty straight up pick. I think you take the best oh, guy yeah, on the yeah, board. Yeah. You're yeah. gonna need a point guard. It's kind of almost perfect for Jalen Suggs to to go to Toronto. Uh, so we'll we'll head to number five now with the Orlando Magic, and this is when the draft starts to get a little bit weird. I think because I think those first four are pretty much like a done deal at this point. It could get a little little weird, but I think this is when stuff I gets interesting. I highly doubt it, yeah. I doubt it, yeah. too. But uh, number five, I have the Magic taking Scotty Barnes here out of Florida State. Uh, and Scotty Barnes, he when I was watching him, he reminded me a lot of a Draymond Green type player. He's a forward. He was able to – he played great defense. I don't know how much he saw of Scotty Barnes, but his defense was phenomenal in college. And when he he's not the one thing he has to work on is shooting. He wasn't really a fantastic shooter, but I mean he's a both ends of the floor type player. You know he'd he'd get big down low. He was a rebounder. You know he he does the the dirty work and his playmaking was really good too. And it, he really reminded me a lot of Draymond Green the way that he was able to to set screens and come off of screens and throw the lob to the big man. So Scotty Barnes is interesting. If the Magic, I think you could maybe go uh, Kuminga here, but I, I think Scotty Barnes is probably the safer pick. Uh, well, I have Kuminga. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, it's a toss-up for sure. Yeah, so I have Jonathan Kuminga going, okay? Because, first of all, the coach um, that, what's it called, was coaching, I forget his name, I'm sorry, but uh, Jalen Suggs, or not Jalen Suggs, Damn, uh, Jalen Green. I'm sorry, yes. I got them confused. The coach, they were both on yeah, they were both yeah. on the same uh, G League team. Okay, and he said, alongside Jalen Green, he is very pro ready as well. Yeah. Okay, like he is saying that dude, these guys played against good. grown men. Yeah, dude. that's what I'm saying. He played against grown men, and like he thrived. Okay, his athleticism. This guy's athleticism is off the charts, and he still has room to grow. Okay, like he's pro ready. He has great athleticism. He can play. And like I just said, he has room to grow and still has a huge upside. This man is beyond physical. Okay, like his three-point shooting does need to develop. But I think when the Magic are like rebuilding like they are right now, this is someone you give the keys to day one. Aaron Gordon's gone. Vucevic is gone. Evan Fournier is gone. Okay, give this guy the keys. Let him thrive and show the world what he can do. And then when that happens... Everyone's gonna not everyone. I'm not gonna say LeBron's gonna come to Orlando, but, <laughs> but people are gonna be like, "Oh, who's this guy? Like, who's this Kaminga guy?" Okay, he's on notice. Listen, the only reason I didn't take Scotty Barnes here because I do agree that Scotty Barnes might be the safer. He's pick. I think he's okay. The safer I pick think he's a safer pick. But think about what the Magic already have. Everything that you described about. Uh, Scotty Barnes is exactly, not I wouldn't say exactly, but it is very, very similar to what Jonathan Isaac already is. Let's not forget about Jonathan Isaac, okay? This man, when he plays, is a potential defensive player of the year candidate, and he's just excellent. He's, he's big, physical, athletic. A lot of stuff that you already described about Barnes. So I think that'd be a weird fit there. I think that Kuminga and uh, and Isaac could play alongside each other, whereas if you drafted Scotty Barnes, there could be some conflict between Isaac and him. Yeah, see, this one was a throw-up for me. The only reason I don't have the Thunder going Kuminga is because he's – he he is a little bit more risky as far as his shot, you know, isn't really there right now. And yeah, he's he's athletic, but I mean, the, again, if if you're the Orlando Magic, you have Scotty Barnes sitting there. You have a guy you kind of know what Scotty Barnes is at this point, right? He's a playmaker. He's gonna do the dirty work for you, uh, and you know he's gonna play great defense. And I think if you're the Magic, I think that maybe 
you know that that makes you feel better with with where you're at, right? Yeah. They could take a chance with uh with Kuminga, and the the team that I have taking Kuminga, I guess we'll move on to to number six here. Is Great the segue. Great segue. <laughs> That's where I have the the Thunder going because I think the Thunder, the amount of first round picks that team has, can take a, a shot on a guy like Kuminga. Yeah, so I, that's why I have it six. So I definitely think that at this point too, I, I think that Scotty Barnes. I have Scotty Barnes, so we essentially just have, <laughs> we essentially I figured just figured you did. Yeah. <laughs> so actually, no, I had Scotty Barnes going undrafted. Me too. Yeah. Oh, did you? you know, oh yeah, no yeah. way! <laughs> no, but that was um, one of my boards. <laughs> um, who the hell is this guy? <laughs> but um, I have Scott. I had Scotty Barnes going here. Six foot nine at the small forward is good. He can guard though. All five positions on the floor. Yeah. Okay, that is invaluable. That is great. I mean, he needs to improve his shooting. I, I mean, I feel like we sound like a broken record with everybody like not named Suggs, Green, Mobley, or Cunningham. <laughs> needs to improve shooting. Yeah, needs to improve shooting. <laughs> needs to improve shooting. Okay, but also the thing with uh, Scotty Barnes too, I think he was a very poor free throw shooter. Okay, like yeah. when you're not – okay, I'm not going to say this is a matter of fact. Like it is how it is locked up. But usually when you're not a good uh, free throw shooter, you're not a very good shooter in general. Okay, and, and I think that Go uh, Golden State, Oklahoma City, is the perfect place for him to grow. I think that right now you get a guy like Scotty Barnes in OKC, I think you can build a team around him. I mean, because think about it. I, like Draymond Green, like you were describing, yes, like it is not his team, but the offense actually does go through him sometimes, right? Yeah. This is a guy who you can run the offense through. This is somebody who the young players around can thrive, and maybe, just maybe, him and SGA, Shagel J.S. Alexander, create a bond, create great chemistry that will not want to draw another free agent in. And, may, and maybe, just maybe, like if it's not in free agency – then it'll be fucking um, through trade because you have so many first-round picks. And who knows if Kemba returns the form. I, I, I think that, that's, I, that's why these picks are so hard. Man. Yeah, exactly. Because you don't know what's going to happen with with the Thunder, right? You don't know if Kemba's staying. You don't know if they're, if they're making moves with their picks. You don't know if they're going to keep their picks. That's why this was such a toss-up for me because we have no idea. I had, I had a couple of the shooting guards going at the spot for the Thunder at first. Because that was like my prediction of, oh, Kemba's going to get traded. And then I started thinking about when Chris Paul was there. And yeah. we said he was going to get traded and yeah. that didn't happen. So it's it's a weird situation. Yes. So th this pick was easiest, easily the hardest one that yeah. I had to Sc make. Scotty Barnes, I, I think, is a good player. And I think, like I said, he's a little bit safer than Kuminga. Because Scotty Barnes is a man who can take over the game. But like I said, I'm going to go back to the Magic real quick. I just think like if the Magic were to take Barnes, it would just be a weird fit because him and Isaac are very similar. Whereas if you take Kuminga, it could be somebody who you could play alongside Isaac, and it just wouldn't. I think that would just flow a lot better and just let Barnes dominate in OKC because he has the, a complete ability to take over a game when he's feeling it. All right, so yeah, we we kind of just we moved through five and six there a little because we had the same players yeah. just for just for different teams. Uh, so we'll move on to the Warriors at number seven here. Uh, this this one was a hard one for me to make too, because I honestly, if there's gonna be a trade, this is where it's gonna happen. Like I don't, I don't. Oh, did you include trades in yours? I, I did not. No. Oh, okay. I'm like, okay, thank no, God. No, I, didn't. I didn't include a trade. I think though, I think that this one could be a tra if there's going to be a trade, it's gonna be at this pick right here. However, if they keep it, I think that the Warriors. Uh, should take uh, the shooting guard because Clay is going to be hurt for the beginning of the year and can develop a young guy. So I have them taking James Booknight from UConn. Shot really well. He was a great finisher. 
Uh, I get his size is a little bit questionable and his defense, but overall on the offensive side, I mean, he was he was great at UConn, and uh, I think he's a guy who can develop, you know, at the beginning of the year a little bit with with Steph and, and Wiseman. And when you get Clay back, I mean, then you have a a six man. So James Booknight, number seven for me for the Warriors. So I'm taking Davion Mitchell. Okay. So I I, I, I like that yeah, too. I'm taking Davion Mitchell. Okay. This man is tenacious on both ends of the floor. The Donovan Mitchell offense. clone. Yeah, yeah. The Donovan. <laughs> it, it, dude, can you? They're not related. <laughs> I, I, I I I looked it up yesterday because I'm like these two have to be related. Yeah. Like the like the they hair. They both wear 45. The hair, the 45, yeah. like the Donovan Davion. Like I'm yeah. like, there's no way these guys are like <laughs> long distant cousins. I'm like, what the hell? How are they not related? That's what everyone was joking about in uh, March Madness when Baylor was going off and Davion Mitchell's having good games. So, People were tweeting at him like at Demon, great game, bro. And yeah, replying like, thanks, man. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> but but like, listen, think about it when you're facing when you're the point guard opposed like facing the Golden State Warriors. Okay, you start the game. Steph Curry, the greatest shooter of all time, is who you have to face. He is a headache to guard defensively. Okay, Steph Curry gets tired, comes off the floor. You have a man who I'd say has the Mamba mentality. I'll say that. Like, I, I'll go that bold, okay? I think that the Davion Mitchell has the Mamba mentality, okay? And when you, when, like I said, when you take Curry off the floor and you're already exhausted having to defend the greatest shooter of all time, and then you just get a pest, an absolute pest on both ends of the floor, and somebody who's day one ready, like, I think Golden State, with that one-two punch, at like the starting in the backup point guard, I think that could be lethal, man. I mean, listen, Caden Cunningham, this man struggled when guarded by Davion Mitchell. Okay, uh, Suggs, Jalen Suggs was um, go- struggling when guarded by Davion Mitchell. Okay, this man has the ability to guard premier talent, like the most premier talent, and like two of the most premier talents. I'm sorry, in this draft. I think that can translate very well to the NBA level. And like I said, he's day one ready. He majorly improved his shooting. He's not there to make friends. He's there to make enemies. I love this kid. I think he's going to be have a career for a long, long time in the league. The one thing with Davion Mitchell, which is, I mean, I, I don't think this is a good criticism, but it is the criticism, is he's a little bit older, right? He's not that, that prime 19-year-old prospect. And, like, look, I don't necessarily think that that's a criticism, but, I mean, people in the front office definitely do. But I, I, I like I like Davion Mitchell there. I think but, that but when, he would but work. But when, when you're Golden State, though, and you have, like, Clay and Steph who – Aren't old by any means, but definitely aren't getting any younger. They're not young players. Yeah, they're they're not they're not really spring chickens. Okay, (laughs) like I I think that it doesn't really matter at this point. You want to maximize everything you can get out of the Splash Brothers, and somebody like I said, when Curry doesn't have to like carry the load all by himself, because obviously he has Clay and Dre, he has uh, Wiggins still, and Wiseman should definitely improve. And then off the bench, somebody who he knows he can feel comfortable going onto the bench with because Davion Mitchell is going to give his all every single game. I, I, I really, really like this pick for a Golden State if they are yeah, smart I, enough to make the pick. I could see that working. The only reason I can see Booknight going over uh, Mitchell here is just that I think Booknight's a better scorer overall. You know, he finished right down low. And he's younger too, which uh, who knows with the, the Warriors. Warriors might not even keep this pick. And I, I actually saw on a couple of draft boards, uh, Kaminga falling here to number seven. Which, like, could you imagine? Well, that that'd be interesting. <laughs> that'd be very. I, I, interesting. I really, I really never thought of that fit, but I think that would definitely be interesting. I it, mean, yeah. do do you think though? Um, do you think that Davion Mitchell, like, just real quick, do you think he is ready to like 
guard up against like the premier talents at point guard? Like, do you think he would hold his own against guys like Morant, against Westbrook, against like CP3, uh, like the guys of that nature? Do you think he'd be able to hold his own? Or do you think he'd get cooked? Well, here's the thing, right? With a young player like that, I think it's a lot to be like, yeah, go go guard them and lock them up. I think he definitely has the tools. And I think that we'll see sparks of greatness from him, but is is he gonna be like holding Morant to like under 15 points and locking him up? I I don't think so. And like Westbrook guys, like I don't think so. But I think we're gonna see a lot of flashes of greatness from him, yeah. where he has these great defensive possessions. But uh, yeah, I'm I mean I don't know. I think he could definitely get there. So I do think he's a great defender. But I mean, who who knows? Yeah, who knows? Absolutely. Who who the hell knows? <laughs> <laughs> so we'll, we'll move on to number eight. Uh, and this is where I actually have uh, uh, Davion Mitchell going. Really? Yes. <laughs> I mean, look, the, the Magic picking twice here in the top ten. And I think they come out really, really well if they come out of here with Scotty Barnes and Mitchell. Because yeah. you, you have your defensive point guard. And I think we've seen from the Magic, they love their defensive players, right? Oh, absolutely. They, they love them. And you get Mitchell here, and you get Scotty Barnes. I think if you're the Magic and you come out with some type of variation of that, maybe they get Kuminga instead of Barnes. I think you got to be happy if you're a Magic fan. You're walking out with, with that new core to, to kind of be excited with. And you'll probably see him during Summer League, too. So I, I think that this is the right pick here. Uh, if if uh, Mitchell is still there and doesn't go to the Warriors, I think the Magic would, you know, have a field day walking out with him. Yeah, so I mean, I I definitely would like that fit there, but like I said, I just don't think he's gonna fall that one more extra yeah. pick. So this is actually where I have book next. So I think you and I have like a we, lot we of like. So when they got into the top five, we have flipped like I yeah. think every single pick so far, haven't we? Yeah. Yeah. Look at, wow. Look at that. Wow, look at us disagreeing look per at usual. Us, man. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Will. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, so I have Book Knight here, and the reason I actually really like this fit is I think immediately he fills in that Evan Fournier role, except you don't have to pay him $20 million. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Pure scorer. Yeah, a man who can score, a man who plays well, like really well off the ball. And like I said, when you're just going to let Kuminga run the show and hand him the keys in Orlando, someone who has to play off ball is essential, and that's what Book Knight can do. So I really, really like that fit. I think it's really intriguing and interesting. And who knows, like maybe you actually, I highly doubt it, but maybe you actually get something out of Mo Bamba. Too, I know he's like a meme, like I go, oh, like I know, I know, he's, I know he's a, like kind of a meme now, but I, I really think like maybe I'll say the big two because fuck Mobamba, but <laughs> but anyways, I really think that Kuminga and uh, what's his name and Book Knight, I think that could be really good. I think he's a good ball handler too. Like say if uh, Kuminga goes to the bench, he can create his own shot. That's exactly what Evan Fournier could do. Okay, or he could kind of like make shots for others because he and he's a good athlete. Okay, like, actually, Fournier was, like, a decent at best athlete, but he, I mean, Bookwright is a really good athlete. I, I, I really like the fit. I'm saying it a lot. I'm kind of repeating myself. I, I think that would be an exceptional, exceptional pick for Orlando. Yeah, this this draft you were saying earlier, too, goes so deep, man. Like, this is the, one of the most deep drafts in a while where all of these guys that we've said so far can put up some serious production. Um, at number nine, at number nine, the Kings is where I was very torn on too. I, I think they could do anything from going Franz Wagner or, but I have them taking here because I mean I saw the draft boards and I, I think this is where they're gonna you go. You have them taking Wagner? No, I have them oh. taking uh, Moses Moody. 
Oh, okay. At number nine, uh, shooting guard uh, can get his own bucket. From what I've seen, yeah. I'm not, I haven't seen a lot of him, but I've seen that everyone, the, all the the quote unquote experts in this area, have said he can score the ball. Uh, he's a good shooting guard. He's athletic. He's a combo guard. Too. Yeah, combo guard exactly. And I'm, that fit, that fits well with De'Aaron Fox. Um, originally, I, I had Wagner, but I mean, from what I'm seeing, it seems like this is going to be Moses Moody. So, I do like that pick. I actually don't have... We're only doing the top 10 picks. I don't know yes. if we actually clarified that or not. I don't have Moses Moody going in my top 10. Wow. Yeah, okay. I, I don't. See, I don't I don't think that Moses Moody actually fits well. Because, yeah, he's a combo yeah, guard. I, I really... I don't either. <laughs> yeah. He's a combo guard, and he can play, like, obviously the one and two. That's what a combo guard is. But... I don't see Buddy Heald moving. I really don't. That, that's the so big thing that, that I saw. See, that's the thing. Yeah. I don't think Buddy Heald is going to move because so then so then once again you kind of have like a little bit of congestion there in your backcourt. Yeah. So that's honestly why I would avoid getting uh, Moody there. Can, can I clarify real quick? Yeah. I totally just contradicted myself. I said yeah. he was a great fit and then he wasn't. He's a great fit if Buddy Heald isn't there. Yeah. No. But okay. If, okay. If Buddy Heald is there and then you have your weird guard. Well, trio, um, like actually, I, I don't say. think so because remember Halliburton. Halliburton's there, That's man. That's true. Halliburton. Man, the Kings are all over the place. Yeah, huh? <laughs> yeah. Dude, so they have the problem with guards, too. Yeah. Kind of similar to Cleveland. Yeah. See, Damn, the, man. The, this is so weird. And, like, if, if I were the Kings personally, I, I would go friends of Wagner here. I mean, you got – he played great defensively at Michigan. He has potential to, to be a great shooter. He didn't shoot a lot. Uh, but, I mean, he you see, if you see his form, he looks like he's got the tools there. He was a pretty good free-throw shooter. So – I, I would take uh, Franz Wagner here, but from what I've seen, the Kings, they, they don't want him. They're not anywhere near him. I think one ESPN draft board had him going there. But uh, ESPN Mo- has horrible lists. Uh, yeah, they're they're not the best. But, yeah, yeah M- Moses Moody here, I mean, if, if you're trying to get, I think, maybe the best available player, he's maybe the best available. But who, who knows with the Kings. So, I have them taking Josh Giddy. Have you heard of this kid? I have. I like yeah. Josh Giddy. So, I had them taking Josh Giddy here. But then his, you, you have yeah. even more of a guard problem. Though. No, he's a it's, small forward. I, I guess. But, so, I mean, his, his, like, tools are point guardish. You know what I mean? So he, it I is, do love but Josh he, Giddy. But he can play off the ball. Yeah. So, here's the thing. He's 18 years old. And the thing I love about guys who play overseas, they play against professionals. Okay? Yes. So, they know how to play the game and how to play the game the right way. If that makes sense, they're going up against grown men, so definitely. I mean, I wouldn't say Josh Giddy doesn't have stuff to work on because he clearly does. Okay, but this is a guy who knows what it's like. Like I'm gonna repeat myself to face grown men, and, and I really think that's an invaluable asset coming out. It doesn't work for everyone, like <laughs> Frank Nilakina. Okay, <laughs> but um, I really think that in this case it could work because this guy can create his own shot for like, and he can do it for others, kind of like Boudreaux. Or Boog Knight or whatever the hell his name is. Yeah. Okay. Okay, shocker. He needs to improve his three-point shooting. Okay? <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> okay, like but, every other prospect in this draft. Yeah, like every other prospect that has ever come through the realms of the NBA draft. Isn't that crazy how, like, almost every criticism for between, like, college and going to the NBA is like, oh, he needs to adjust to the NBA 3, like every NBA but, player. But, but the NBA is, like, exclusively the three ball now. And I all know. of a sudden, all these players coming up have to be... Adjusted. Which is ridiculous. It's, it's tough, man, because you shoot, like, a... You, you shoot a college three and then a high school three, and then you go to the NBA, and it's faster, and you have to shoot yeah, deeper. Never forget what happened to Markel Fultz, man. Yeah. Man, they, he let, that that, that man, was more on his trainer, though. I didn't it, know it, it, was, it was his more of his trainer, but yeah. still, like... 
But, I mean, like I said, I think because if you... Because Tyrese Halliburton is a combo guard, so he can play the one and the two. Uh, he's better suited at the one, but you're paying Fox the money, so you have to put him at the one. I think okay. Fox is a better player, too, overall. Okay, yeah, yeah. And yeah. but and Halliburton is more of, like, the facilitator floor general type, yeah. which I like, but, I mean, he can play off the ball. So I think that Fox, Halliburton, and Giddy, when Giddy develops, if Giddy develops, I think that could be pretty interesting, man. Like, once again, here I am, but, like, I really do like that fit. Yeah. I, I like that a lot. And like I said, I, I don't think Moody is a good fit here at all because then you'd have two combo guards, a shooting guard, and a point guard that you're paying. So yeah. I, I just I don't like that. So the for the me, Kings are definitely in yeah. a weird place. And like the, this pick is so weird, right? Because it's, it's like, what do the Kings do, right? Yeah, it's, exactly. It's weird. Like, okay, Josh Giddy, I do like, but he's a he's a big risk, right? As far as like international players are always going to be labeled like a risk, but also he's like he's kind of skinny for a small forward. Yeah. And there, there's a lot of questions well, with him. Well, he does he does need to hit the weight room, yes. kind of similar to Mobley. He does need to hit the weight room. Okay, he does need to get in there and learn how to be physical. But once again, I will reiterate, his passing is fantastic. Yeah, his passing is very fantastic. good. And, people are saying he's the best passer in the draft, next to like Suggs, maybe even better than Suggs. Maybe okay, he, he's possible. he's up there, but he, yeah. I wouldn't put him ahead of Suggs. I, I probably wouldn't either. Okay, but. but the thing is, once again, he's playing against grown men, yeah. which I think is absolutely invaluable, and I, and I think that definitely that could lead to a quicker development. But I do think that he does need some time. He does need to hit the weight room a bit, but. He's going to know what it's like to have pro sets. He's going to know what it's like to run a pro-style offense. And I think that's just something that they can um, potentially, if he's ahead of schedule, kind of develops almost like Justin Herbert did. And everyone thought he needed development. I know it's a different sport. But <laughs> I, I think that's something that could really that really work out there. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've said it a million times. The Kings are in such a weird spot, man. Because <laughs> um, every draft board that I've seen, for the most part, has them going some type of guard here. Whether it's some people say Book Knight might fall this far, uh, Mitchell might fall this far, Moses Moody if he's still there they might take him. It's it's weird because it's like it's they're not they're not fitting needs. I feel like like I feel like they need to go maybe more of a, a power forward esque type of player, right? Yeah. Or or like some type of forward, and you know whether they go Giddy or uh, or Wagner, but it it just doesn't seem like it. Okay, so we'll we'll move on to the number ten here. Uh, as we know, Memphis and New Orleans yesterday made a trip. Yesterday, yeah. yeah. So to, it's like uh, really sudden news. Yeah, for uh, it's uh, Stephen Adams going to Jonas Valley. Yeah, Stephen Adams is going to Memphis. Yes, and and uh, and, and Eric Bledsoe. Yes. So uh, for Jonas Valanciunas and then a couple, I think a first and a second round pick. Yes. So it was a lot of moving pieces. Yes. So this is a part of that deal. Um, and honestly, even if New Orleans have this pick, I it's stayed pretty much the the same i think from from draft boards so at number 10 here i have memphis taking josh giddy i think that's actually probably a better fit than a new orleans we just talked about him australian kid yeah play with the pros he's a little bit skinny but i mean his passing and everything else he does on the offensive side of the floor is a huge upside and i think he'd fit pretty well with this uh, memphis team moving into a small forward you still have josh jackson and you're going to have Steven Adams, I guess, now. So yeah. I, I think he fits really well here. I love the upside that he has. Obviously, there's questions. You know, he's an international player. That's always going to be a question with uh, with them. Uh, his defense and, I guess, his frame is a little small, a little skinny. But, uh, I mean, we've, we've seen thin players make it in the league before. I think Giddy has a lot of upside, and I have him go in number 10. Okay, so I have Corey Kispert going here. Uh, small forward out of Gonzaga. 
So this guy is the bona fide best shooter in the draft. Okay, like there's no doubt about it. Like he is like the Kyle Korver. He is like the Duncan Robinson. <laughs> the like JJ yeah, he is the JJ Redick. <laughs> like that is him in this draft. Okay, and I think that for what they need, for what the Memphis Grizzlies now need, I think it's perfect. I mean, John Morant is the superstar. He is the primary ball handler. Okay, Jaron Jackson Jr. He is like the stretch five, like the ideal stretch five that any team really in the league would want. I, I mean, he is severely underrated in my opinion, and a lot of people didn't really know him. Well, a lot of people know him, but they forgot about him this year because he was hurt most of the year. Okay, Dylan Brooks, that man is a walking bucket. Okay, that man, anytime he goes down, to like if, if Jaw's not on the floor, if Jaron Jackson's not on the floor, if something wrong's going on, Dylan Brooks is that spark plug to that team, and I think he really is something that they should cherish and they should keep for the, for the next several, several years. And Corey Kispert, this man is a shooter, a pure sharpshooter, those are the four elements, I think, to a young stud, young ascending building team. I think for Memphis to get a top 10 pick after making it into the playoffs and taking Utah so like so hard in the playoffs in the first round, I really think that's I think that's incredible. I mean, he has a really quick release. He actually improved in attack, attacking the basket. And like I said, I just I think that that four like that like uh, Jaron Jackson, John Moran, Dylan Brooks, and uh, Kispert. I think that that could be something special, man. I really do think that if he pans out, I think it could be something real special going on in Memphis, Tennessee. Yeah, I, I, that's a good pick. I don't, I don't mind that pick at all. Yeah. I mean, o- overall with this draft, I, I feel like we're gonna see an, an explosion, right? When it comes Thursday, I feel like we're gonna see tomorrow. Know, uh, not tomorrow, Jesus. Uh, yeah, two it's, days. Oh yeah, Tuesday. Yep. Yeah. So I, I feel like we're going to see just an absolute explosion of trade and i know that people say this before every draft and but i genuinely think we're going to see trades we're gonna because eric bledsoe wants out of memphis I think yeah he, he's he was just like a salary dump i think yeah by new orleans he's by no means is going to be like the backup to yeah. Ja. but the, i feel like a bunch of trades are going to happen you know what i mean who knows if the warriors are moving this cleveland like may move into the top uh or, no, sorry who was it that was going to move into the top toronto well Who so to move to the top three Oh, oh Cleveland yeah, Cleveland. Okay. Yeah, Cleveland wanted to move to the number one. All right, yeah. Yeah. So, and New York actually yeah. was talking about moving to the number two pick, too. I don't know if I brought that yeah, up or not. A lot but. could happen on Thursday. Yeah. Um, and, and, and you know what? More than even the NFL, because the NFL draft, like, yeah, a trade here or there happens. It's it's really never crazy. NBA, there are trades all over the place every five seconds. Chicken go crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's insane. Like go crazy real quick. Yeah, um, I mean. I, I think we'll be doing a, uh, a draft party here, so me and Gino – no matter if we're watching it together or not, we will be watching the draft. D'Lo, Jake, John Bro. John Bro. <laughs> so, yeah, th- this is going to be a really exciting uh, draft. I'm, I'm excited for it. It's really one of the like deepest drafts I yeah. think we've seen. Last I, year I was really top-heavy. I the O3 draft, and I, I don't really see that because I don't think we're going to get as many we'll Hall see. of Famers. But we'll I mean, see. We'll see. I, as far as depth goes, I think that it, it could be up there. But, uh, yeah, super excited for this. Uh, thank, you, thank you guys for watching this episode. Uh, we had a lot of fun making it, talking about the drafts, kind of back to our roots when we first started. Yeah, absolutely. The, uh, Mel Conti, Willie McFarland's exactly. back, baby. <laughs> and unfortunately, we didn't have Tom McShay. But yeah. He yeah. will be back. And, and fuck Brady Nick. I don't have a nickname for him. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't get a nickname. Uh, Aha, sure nickname. Us... <laughs> 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 make sure you follow us on social media, at Conti and Nick, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Only fans. Uh, all that stuff. <laughs> we, have, uh, we have a link tree. I know Gino keeps on. I'm mucking at it, but uh, yeah. Uh, I want gotta, money, man. <laughs> I feel that we got a we got a pretty big announcement too that I guess we'll we'll drop right now, and it's gonna be dropped later on Instagram. 
Uh, and you guys will hear more about it too. Me and Gino are officially taking Conti and Nick to uh, the Bench Sports, which is an app, and we'll be doing a live show. And some stuff on the show is going to change. Uh, there'll be half an hour, I think, compared to the longer ones we do now. So they'll be quicker, a little more intense. Uh, and you you listen to the show on the app. They're still going to be on Spotify and all that stuff. You and, thought that was intense now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so that's you know big steps where we're taking for the show. Uh, so I hope you guys are ready for that. Again, more details coming on Instagram. We're going to announce it later. Uh, but, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed. Yeah, and thank you guys very much for, like, the constant support. I know you guys, like, love watching. I know you guys definitely uh, have some input on what me and Will have to say. <laughs> and uh, definitely I think we've created some moments that will last a fairly long time. Yeah. Jordan Love, Matisse Thibel, <laughs> CP3. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I really think that over the course of us recording, it, we've definitely grown over the last 14 episodes, and it's really going to be something uh, very interesting to see us going into the live. But I don't think it'll be any different maybe other than the times, but hey. Yeah, it's, it's done, this is definitely for the better. Right? Yeah, Nothing, absolutely. It's a step we, in the right direction. We're not changing all. We're, we're moving up, if anything. Yeah. Uh, last thing, too, we, uh, we're doing a T-shirt giveaway on Instagram. Uh, Gino has one of the shirts on right now, but I, I guess if you're watching on YouTube, I'll put it up on the, the screen right now. Uh, Conti and Nick shirts, just the logo. Uh, we're, we might have more coming in eventually, but for now, it's just I get one, Gino has one, and then we're, we're giving one One away. of you lucky peasants get one. <laughs> one of you lucky ones. <laughs> Uh, how to enter is on Instagram, and you just reply to our post uh, saying that you want in. And, uh, yeah, we'll be doing that, so if you want to win the You shirt, have to be following us on yes. Instagram and subscribe to us on YouTube. Yes, all that stuff. Uh, and, yeah, I think that, that just about does it. Uh, thank you guys Well, for we watching. do have one more thing we have to say. Do we? I think we do. Oh. As always, John Bro. Peace. <laughs>